The coronavirus means fruits and vegetables are rotting in the fields. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The coronavirus pandemic has created chaos in food supply networks as demand from schools, restaurants, and hotels has dropped, and producers have been left with vast quantities they can't sell. The Wall Street Journal reports fruits and vegetables have been plowed under or even left to rot especially in states where harvesting occurs in winter, like Florida and Arizona. In some places, farmers are dumping milk, throwing out chicken eggs, and even breaking them before they hatch. According to e News, many growers have donated produce to food banks, but there's a limit on what charities can accept. Plus, storage is an issue for perishable fruits and vegetables. Farmers can't easily shift from selling products to restaurants in order to supply grocery stores because of the difficulty of changing to appropriate sizes, packaging, and labeling. And even if they could, few in the agriculture industry think that supermarket demand could offset the steep decline from restaurants. As much as 7% of all milk produced last week was dumped. And as Eartha reports, that can have disastrous environmental effects on fish habitat, even worse than fertilizer and feedlot runoff. Wisconsin officials say that raw, unpasteurized milk can lower oxygen levels, resulting in fish kills. So dairy farmers are being advised to avoid dumping milk where it could contaminate surface and groundwater. The global commercial fishing industry has also been hit hard by the pandemic. In the U.S., the demand for seafood consumed at restaurants has tanked, resulting in slumping sales of up to 95 percent. Smithsonian reports that in addition to a drop in demand, boats all around the world are being kept at docks due to travel restrictions on crews, supplies, and equipment. While the situation is devastating for those who make their livelihoods in the seafood industry, the pause in fishing presents a chance to see if there's a better, more sustainable way to manage oceans. According to National Geographic, a third of commercial fish stocks were being harvested at unsustainable levels, with some being 90% fully exploited. However, if the current decline lasts a year, most fish would go through a spawning cycle that could allow some species to flourish. It's not the first time this has occurred. During World War II, catch records for some fish dropped 60 to 80 percent, which allowed commercial stocks of cod, haddock, and other species to be replenished. It seems unimaginable that monkeys living in Africa could cross the Atlantic Ocean and travel to South America. However, that's the likely explanation for the discovery of fossilized primate teeth of an African species found near the border of Peru and Brazil. So how did monkeys make the trip? Researchers from the University of Southern California think that about 30 million years ago, they were caught on rafts consisting of land and vegetation that broke off from coastlines during intense storms. The Smithsonian reports that at that time, the two continents were around 470 miles closer than they are today, and sea levels were lower due to a buildup of glaciers, making the journey passable. According to a scientist at Wake Forest University who was not involved in the research, animals floating on natural rafts across long distances have happened at other times and are still going on today. Lemurs traveled from Africa to Madagascar, more than 260 miles, and Lizards have island hopped in the Bahamas. Artificial intelligence can be used to track a pandemic spread and to calculate where a disease might pop up. In fact, a Canadian company called Blue Dot used AI to predict the outbreak of COVID-19 on December 31st last year 
before the World Health Organization. But epidemiological models don't track global ship movements. According to a New York University researcher, even though they scour aviation data. Hakai Magazine reports that ships have been integral to the spread of every pandemic, at least since the Black Death ravaged Europe in the mid-14th century. More than 1,100 ships left Wuhan, China, the place believed to be where the virus originated, during a two-week period in January. Spain's first case of coronavirus came from a Canary Islands ferry passenger. Ships, including cruise liners and the aircraft carrier USS Theodore Roosevelt, have been breeding grounds in the spread of COVID-19. And finally, when the coronavirus outbreak is passed, one of the images we'll remember is empty supermarket shelves in the toilet paper aisle. It was because people were hoarding and panic buying, right? Mm, not so fast. The reason has more to do with where people went to the bathroom. With most of us stuck at home, TP that would have been used at schools, hotels, and offices piled up while household demand increased. The household scarcity occurred because toilet paper is manufactured in two grades, the soft stuff that comes in pretty packages for consumers and a commercial variety that's thinner and more utilitarian. And the two come from separate mills that can't easily retool, especially not knowing when things will return to normal. The good news is that manufacturers are working 24-7 to increase the consumer product by making fewer varieties and getting them to store more quickly. Meanwhile, the great TP shortage of 2020 has created a boom in bidet sales. Bidets for the uninitiated are bathroom fixtures for cleaning your undercarriage after doing your business. Some are standalone units, while others easily install on an existing toilet. Proponents say bidets reduce the need for toilet paper, offer better hygiene, and are environmentally friendly. According to Business Insider, bidets use one-eighth of a gallon of water, whereas it takes about 37 gallons to make a roll of toilet paper. Also, investing in a bidet can reduce how much you spend on TP by 75% or more, and that saves the nearly 400 trees that are cut down to make a single person's lifetime supply. That's it for This Week in Water. We'll see you next time.